The title of my lesson this morning is At What Cost? <clears throat> and we're going to be looking at, um, we're going to start looking at um, the story of Jacob and Esau in Genesis. Uh, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 25. And uh, we are going to look at um, verses 19 through, 19 through 34 um, with our lesson today. I'm going to start um, this part of, I don't have it on the slides. After this, I'll, I'll, I'll start having the verses on the slides, uh, but I don't have them for this. Uh, starting in verse 19, uh, if we look here, it says, These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padanaram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, uh, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his, uh, for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. So you see here we have a similar situation that's happening uh, to what happened to his father Abraham. You know, Abraham and Sarah, they, they weren't able to have a child, and so they prayed to God, and God blessed them with, with Isaac. And now we have a similar situation here, happening here with, um, with Isaac and Rebekah. I'm going to continue on in verse 22. It says, The children struggled together within her, and she said, if, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Um, we've got a couple different things happening here. Uh, I forgot to say this earlier, but uh, Isaac and Rebecca, when they were uh, praying to God, hoping to have a child, they had been together for about 19 years. Um, and so they had been a while, you know, uh, trying to have a child. Uh, but then we have the children fighting inside of Rebecca. And it's very concerning to her, so she goes and prays to God to find out what's going on. And his explanation to her here, uh, saying that there are two nations within her struggling and that they will be divided within her. Um, and this is exactly the case, as we would see as this goes on. Um, you've got, you'll have Jacob and Esau, but you've got Esau <clears throat> would eventually, his descendants would eventually be the Edomites, and then Jacob's descendants would be the Israelites or the children of God. And so that's kind of what God is uh, prophesying here, telling her or his explanation for what's going on here. Let's look at verse 24. And it says, when her, when her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red. Uh, all his body was like a hairy cloak, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, uh, with his hand holding Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in the tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Um, a couple interesting things as I was studying for this that I found out um, were the, the names of Jacob and Esau. Uh, Esau 
there's some kind of arguments on how exactly it would be translated, but basically uh, most of the time it comes out in a way uh, saying that, you know, describing perfection or being robust or perfect. And I think that that's probably kind of a play on the uh, sense here that you've got uh, Esau being, you know, a real man's man. He was a hunter. He was an outside kind of a guy. He probably, if you were going to put an army together, he's probably one of the first guys you're going to want. So he may have been, from the worldly standpoint, maybe a more uh, perfect um, specimen. Uh, And then uh, Jacob means uh, to deceive. And uh, as you know from this, and also uh, we're not going to talk about that this morning, but later on as he would deceive and and, uh, still the the, um, blessing uh, from Esau later on, uh, which is kind of fitting here, I thought, but I thought that was interesting. I want to look at um, the main thing I want to pull out of this at the story from Jacob and Esau is Esau's foolishness. Uh, let's look at verse 29 and take this all the way through 34, and then we'll make some points about it. So starting in verse 29, it says, Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Uh, Jacob said, Sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And then this is the verse uh, Corbin read for us earlier. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Um, I think one of the things that we often overlook when we talk about Jacob and Esau is what exactly was happening here. Um, This birthright, most of the time people talk about how it is a uh, double portion of the inheritance, the stuff, material possessions. So what they would do is you would take the number of kids you had and you would... Um, divide the inheritance into, um, so like if you had two kids, you would make three, you would divide everything into three, and you'd give the older son two of those and the younger son one. Uh, and so that's a lot of times what people talk about when, when they're talking about this, but that's, there's really so much more going on here than just material things. This idea of this birthright, I mean, you've got to keep in mind, we're talking about the patriarchal age here, so we're talking about the spiritual leader of the family, uh, this is the person that was in charge of making sure that um, the, the priesthood and everything was was doing everything the way that God would have them to do. So there was really a lot of responsibility that went on with this. Uh, that Esau was supposed to have been put in charge, and this was supposed to be on his shoulders to to make sure that his descendants going forward are doing things the way that God would have them to do. And so we see that, you know, You've got the two sons. You've got Jacob, who this was really important to. And you've got Esau, who evidently didn't carry very much about it. Uh, he dis- you know, the Bible says here that he despised it. Um, and he was more concerned about immediate gratification and himself and, and instead of what God wanted and the future of the family and everything like that. Um, we learn more about this uh, in the book of Hebrews. The writer of the book of Hebrews tells us a little bit more about this. 
He says, um, in verse 16 of chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews, it says, See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, for who a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. So we have, in the book of Hebrews here, him being called godless. Um, I think in some of your... um, in some of your versions of the Bible, it may say profane here, but it's basically saying he is, he is godless because of this. So that, that right there tells you this has much more to do with than just earthly things and stuff that he passed over for a bowl of soup. Um, and then continuing on in verse 17, it says, Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. So we need to think about how Esau had a birthright, and he didn't appreciate it the way that he should have. He didn't care about it the way that he should have. And later on, he was very sorry about that. And he had his whole youth, his whole uh, you know, childhood growing up into this point, into being a man to, to learn to appreciate it, but he never did. And when he finally did, it was too late. <clears throat> And so you, you think maybe, you know, what, what does this have to do with us today? I mean, we're talking about the patriarchal age. We're talking about two sons and one of them giving up his inheritance for a bowl of soup. Well, what we need to realize is that as Christians today, we also have a birthright. If we carry the name of Christ, if we uh, are Christians, if we've been baptized and, and we are Christians, then we have a birthright, just like Esau did um, that we read in the book of Genesis there. And this is made very clear to us in the New Testament, that we have a birthright. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, says, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So it says right there that we are heirs according to the promise. If we're an heir, that means that we have something to inherit. We have a birthright. Also, we see in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 5, um, starting in verse 3, it says this, Praise be to God and the Father of your Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade kept in heaven for you, who through the faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. So right here we see we have, we're um, into an inheritance that cannot perish, spoil, or fade. It is kept in heaven for us. Um, just further emphasizing this fact that as Christians, we have a birthright. The last verse we'll look at to, to drive this point home is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. It says, and God, raised up, uh, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ. So he raised us up with Christ and seated us with Christ. So we are, we've been raised up with God's Son and seated with him. And then continuing in verse 7, it says, In order that in the coming age he might show us the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed 
and his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. So our birthright, our inheritance that we have from God is beyond our comprehension. Um, you know, we, we can't do anything to deserve this, but yet God loves us and he is willing to make us like his son and give us this inheritance. Unfortunately, though, I think a lot of times we, just like Esau, despise our birthright and that we, um, unfortunately, maybe sometimes we sell our birthright, uh, whether we really realize it or are thinking about it in that kind of way or not. Um, there are many different ways and things uh, that, that we can sell our birthright for. Uh, in Bible class earlier, we were having a discussion on this, and, and Greg made a point about uh, Jesus was being tempted by Satan. And there it talks about the, verse, the specific verse we were looking at. It was talking about um, bread being turned into, or rocks being turned into bread. And that was the temptation that was being talked about right then. And, and Greg made the point that, you know, you could really trade out bread in that scenario for a lot of different things. And what are you going to choose? And I thought that was just a really good point. So I wanted to restate that for the lesson this morning. Um, here are three different things that we're going to look at this morning. This is not a comprehensive list, um, but these are three different things that we're going to look at that the Bible talks about that we um, could sell our birthright for and that sometimes that we do sell our birthright for. Uh, sometimes we sell our birthright for pleasure, for a grudge, or for pride. <clears throat> Would you sell your birthright for pleasure? Philippians chapter 3, 18 through 20 tells us, for as, I have <clears throat> for as I have often told you before now, and say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see right here very clearly um, that sometimes we put what we want, we put what we desire above God. And if we do that, we're selling our birthright. Uh, you know, in the, uh, in the verse here, it says uh, there's, their God is their stomach. Well, that's just a way of saying anything that we want and we desire, if that is more important to us than our birthright, then we're selling our birthright. Uh, and it says that people who do that, don't overlook this. If you look at verse 18, people who do that live as enemies of the cross of Christ. But our citizenship, like it says in 20, should be in heaven. And we should have our mind and our intentions on heavenly things. <clears throat> uh, the second point we're talking about was would you, the question of would you sell your birthright for a grudge? Um, we can look at Matthew chapter 18 uh, to see um, an example of this. Um, what happens here in chapter 18, I'll have to paraphrase. It was a lot of verses. I didn't want to put it up here. But Peter goes up to Jesus and he says, you know, basically he asks him the question, how many times do I have to forgive a brother who sins against me? And he's like, you know, is it seven? Because that's kind of typically the, the number or whatever that, you know, as Jews that they've come up with. And Jesus answers him and he says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. 
And he didn't stop there. He also went on to tell a story, to really, a parable to really kind of drive it home. And he tells the story of this rich ruler who decides it's time to collect all of his debts, to, to cash in on his debts, uh, the debts that people owe him. And he has this one particular servant in front of him who owes him 10,000 talents. And um, he, you know, he's about to sell this man and his family uh, to, uh, and all of their possessions to, to take the money to get back whatever he can recover from that debt. And the man is crying and he's bleeding and he's, ple- uh, he's pleading. And he's like, you know, just, just, is there anything that we can do or whatever? And so he has compassion. The ruler has compassion on him and he forgives the debt. Well, then that same servant leaves there and goes out and runs into another fellow servant who owes him 100 uh, denarii, which, to put that into perspective for you, um, if I have my numbers right, I can't remember. I think it was, that would be, uh, 10,000 talents would be about 60 million uh, denarii. Okay, so what he was just forgiven, and then to compare that to what this other servant owed him. And he goes to him, and he says, hey, you owe me, you know, this money. He's like, you know, I don't have it right now. And they have this conversation, and he says, well, you know, I'm, you know, he has him thrown into jail because he can't pay back 100 denarii. Well, of course, the, the ruler hears about this, and he takes him, and he's like, you know, I forgave you. I forgave you all this debt, and you go out here, and you can't forgive this other servant 100 denarii? You know, what, what is that? And so he throws him into jail. And I say all of that to get to this point. In and, and verse 35 of chapter 18 there, it says, this, Jesus says, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 tells us to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as, uh, just as, and just as Christ, in Christ God, for, there you go, in Christ God forgave you. I'm new to this whole reading thing. Um, but as Christians, we have to be kind and compassionate to the people around us, and we have to forgive. Uh, whether it, we're talking about uh, a, a sum of money, like in the example, or we're talking about being angry and upset with somebody and not being willing to forgive them. You know, if, if we, you know, it's very plain here. If we are not willing to do that, then we can't expect God to forgive us. Um, so we've got to make sure to be careful that we're not selling our birthright to hold out on a grudge against a brother. And the last one uh, here is, would you sell your birthright for pride? Proverbs sixteen eighteen tells us, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Jude chapter 1 verse 16 tells us, These men are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter, other, and, and flatter others for their own advantage. Um, there are many, many, many verses in the Bible that will tell you to watch out for your pride. If, if we are people that lift ourselves up above other people or even above God then we are absolutely selling our birthright, and we're we are despising it and not respecting it, um, just like Esau did. So how can we avoid selling our birthright for silly things? Um, 
the first thing that we need to do is consider the cost. Uh, in the book of Luke right there, Jesus is talking about uh, the cost of becoming a disciple and how you have to be willing to give up everything to be a disciple of his. But we also need to consider what we're giving up if we don't and, and what we are giving up if we choose to turn our backs on the inheritance that we're supposed to have as Christians. If we don't live our lives the way that we're supposed to, we've got to consider what we're giving up and where we can end up if we do that. And we also need to tread carefully. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, well, Ephesians chapter 5, um, verses 15 and 17 tell us, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So we've got to be careful what we do. We've got, we've got to understand that there are constantly um, going to be situations out there where um, we can be tripped up. And we've got to be careful where we go and, and what we do. <clears throat> And we also need to trust God's truth instead of man's truth or man's truth. Uh, Romans chapter 3 verse 4 tells us, Not at all. Let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. So we've always got to know that in our lives it's God God will always be right, and people will always be wrong if the two things do not match up. And the last one is something that we look at a lot, and that is Second uh, Timothy chapter two fifteen. We've got to know our Bible. Second um, Timothy two fifteen. Most of us can probably quote this uh, because this is something that that we read every once a month when we do questions and answers. But it says, "Do your best to present yourself to God." Um, as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. You know, we've really got to be careful that we aren't like Esau. I, I know a lot of times, you know, growing up studying Jacob and Esau, we'd be like, oh, Esau, what an idiot. He gave up, you know, all this stuff for a, for a, for a bowl of soup. But I, I think like I've made it clear here, we can do this in our own lives. It's not hard to do. Uh, it's hard not to do, honestly. You've got you've to keep your mind in God's Word, and you've got to keep uh, your mind on heavenly things, and, and remember that that's what's really important and not the things of this earth. Um, you know, there may be some of you out there that have um, not become Christians, and, and you, you don't have this inheritance, this birthright uh, that Christians have, and if that's the case, we certainly would like for you to um, come forward this morning and and let us talk to you about being baptized and, and becoming a Christian so you can have this inheritance. And there are some of you that may have um, willingly or knowingly or unknowingly sold your birthright. And, of course, if that's the case, uh, we'd love to uh, um, talk to you about that and to pray for you and, and to do whatever we can as your brothers and sisters in Christ and, and to help you um, get back on the right track. If you would, um, please come forward as we stand and sing.